slip in through the cracks But these two dumb shoes Are picking up the slack There's no case to be, no case to fall When you need help, just call Ch-ch-ch-ch-ch-ch-ch-ch-ch-ch-ch-ch-ch-ch-ch-ch-ch-ch-ch-ch-ch-ch-ch-ch-ch-ch-ch-ch-ch-ch-ch-ch-ch-
I did. I was the coolest kid in my, my neighborhood. <laughs> I, you were the coolest kid in your kid special needs class. That's right. <laughs> anyway, what's Go up, ahead. Jake? So Jake is a local comedian well, here, yes. in, here in the lovely... Oh, now I'm doing lovely. Damn See? It. See, there you go. Here huh? in the asshole city of New Orleans. <laughs> You run the uh, the open mic over at Boofas every Friday night. Yes, I do. Boofa. I hear good things about Boofas. I'm sorry. No, we, we love what we do over there. <laughs> it's a great place, and it's a wonderful family to be a part of. Um, and the owner lets me do pretty much whatever I want in there. It's kind of great. That's the picture cool. of him being naked that we're looking at. So <laughs> I'm going to throw out the question, oddball question. No, it's not. Dick How Pick did Friday. you get into comedy? Uh, pretty much had to. Um, uh, I I joined up in, in with a improv troupe in twenty uh, God twenty o two and um, did three years with them. Yeah, yeah, I've been doing this a while and uh, did three years with improv and was told to try stand up comedy and I went to a shitty open mic out in uh, in Lafayette, Louisiana, where I was living at the time, and just ate it. And got hooked and decided to stick around. I've been doing it ever since. Sweet. That's really cool. Sweet. What? Uh, what's the name of the the uh, improv troupe? Uh, I was with Cult of the Stage Monkey. They were based out of ULF yet. That that's not a band. Are you sure? I am the Cult uh, of I'm, the Stage Monkey. Sorry. I'm positive that they're they're not a band. They try to be, um, but they're actually the longest running improv troupe in the state of Louisiana. Nice. Sweet. Awesome. So, uh, so are you? Where you were living in Lafayette? Are you from New Orleans? Uh, I'm originally from Chicago, but I've lived in Louisiana 14 years. Finished high school here, so I might as well be from New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't claim That's it either. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, so you went from super cold to super hot. Yeah, but with the same humidity. Yeah, yeah, you're right. No, the proper response was, "Dude, I'm always super hot." Yeah, come on, <laughs> look at the picture. <laughs> I knew you guys were gonna give me shit for that picture. Uh, no, I like it. I like. I bet you I do. Like you bet you do anime like it. Boys. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've noticed that even on your uh, Facebook, it's 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 the same picture, ex- yeah, except actually, with sideways. Um, I was the model for a anime, or not a, a not anime character, a manga character uh, for a Korean book. Nice. So Sweet. What's the name I of the get book? To use the. It's called The Other Side of the Mirror by Joe Chen. Okay. Cheap plug. Well, well, how did you get that gig? Yeah. Um, I, I used to manage a comic book shop in Lafayette, and I went around to uh, some comic book conventions, and I was just wearing, like, jeans, and a dress shirt, and sport coat, and I uh, I ran into to Joe, and she asked me to sit down for a photo shoot, and next thing, I became Oh, wait, 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 wait. That Joe Chin, like, the one that, that is mostly famous for doing covers for, like, uh, DC uh, Buffy season eight. Okay. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. She did covers for Runaways for a little while for Marvel. Mm-hmm. Nice. Did someone say Buffy season eight. Yes, she did. Awesome. So. <laughs> that's the only <laughs> questions that Rome has for. You. He's like, He's all like, right, we're I, done. What? Okay, Buffy, we're done. Doesn't get any here. better than that. But uh, which which comic shop did you did you manage? Uh, and books two in Lafayette with Jeff Lejeune. Okay, I think I know that place. It's on Johnston Street. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, they've got Captain America on the side. <laughs> I thought you said Captain America homicide. I was like, what? like what's that? What, what book is that? I want to read that. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a fusion book with CSI Miami. Yeah. Captain America, life on the street. <laughs> <laughs> and 
and right around panel number 14, we see Dennis Franz's ass. Yeah, of course. Oh. Of course. <laughs> there you go. There and in my dreams. Mm. <laughs> anyway. Man ass. Maybe it's the picture of you shirtless. It's getting it's getting awfully uh, either homoerotic or homophobic. I, I don't know Either which. way, it's all right. <laughs> but uh, so uh, aside from Bufas, what, uh, what are you... Um, What's what's going on with you in the comedy scene in New Orleans? Um, well, I'm actually kind of one of the low guys on the totem pole in the scene. Um, I perform at as many open mics as I can, um, but lately I've been focusing on being a part of a burlesque troupe, of all things. Um, Thus the picture. Right. Uh, <laughs> that, yes. Back to yes. the picture. Um, no, I'm a member of a troupe called the Society of Sin um, with uh, Remy D and Zena Zeitgeist. Oh, we know that. Yes. Yeah. So I I was just, we just finished a run of Game of Thrones, A Thong of Ice and Fire. (laughs) Awesome. Mm. Love it. Yes. I I had the privilege of playing Cal Drogo, the greatest warrior in all of Westeros. Sweet. Great. Did you you wear a wig? Did you, uh, were you able to, or were you uh, part of the uh, Arkham Asylum? I worked the door for it. Um, I fortunately was not a member of the troop at the time. Um, Remy got me involved, and um, I did not work on that one, fortunately. Well, that was a good one. I, I, I'm actually interested now to see how this game of thongs, that'd be hysterical. <laughs> so as um, I was, go, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. I was a part of the, their second show, um, It's Always Sunny in Burlesque, a um, Always Sunny in Philadelphia parody show. I played the very coked-up rickety cricket. Um, <laughs> nice. And I worked the door and was a part of uh, this Game of Thrones show, and we're working on a few other things that I can't really discuss right now, but they're great. You should come and check it out. Sesame very Street. Cool. Very, very cool. Sesame Street Burlesque. Yeah. Big Bird. Yeah. Yeah. Where's that bird? The coochie monster. That's what I'm talking about. The coochie monster. Um, snuffles up against me. Want pussy? Sorry. Anyway, uh, so so as a male in a burlesque troupe, uh, who purchases your cod piece? Do you get your own, or do you have to share? Um, I actually had to build my own. Nice. Wow, spikes or like buttons? No, he's just that big. <laughs> Look at the picture. Come on. God has arm. taken many things away from me, but he really gave me an extra foot. Uh, yeah, but it must be awkward to walk on. And buy pants. Yeah. <laughs> it, well, you know, they, it, my pants fit like a glove. It's fine. <laughs> Folks, uh, Jake, Jake uh, is um, uh, uh, what? What's the term? I don't know. I, um, I'm, I'm the trying not to be offensive. The term is uh, alternatively engineered. All right, well, I like that. What's the what's the non-pussy term? I'm disabled. There you go. I mean, I'm a crippled. Uh, I can, I'm a cripple. You, I can call myself that, but you can't. So yeah, mm. wouldn't you wouldn't it, even think about it. it it's our n-word. Like, you know, when a, when a bunch of us cripples get together, we call each other crippa. Fine. <laughs> Man, like like a murder of crows. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> a murder of Krippa. Uh, anyway, uh, I don't know that I've ever. Oh uh, wait, I might have once or twice heard somebody refer to a disabled person as a cripple. 
Not when I was a kid, maybe. Yeah. Not, not much anymore. I feel like a lot of these terms that people are like, you can't say that, you know? Like, I, I, I don't know that many people who say the word faggot. Like, I, I it's, it's uh, almost never happens, you know? It just seems like, and I'm not, I'm far from the kind of person that hangs around politically correct people. No. I hate right. those people. But, uh,. Yeah. I'd like to think that we've all grown at least a little bit in society. In, I in just the way grew an inch. Things. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I mean, politically correct language has its place and its use, but for the most part, it's really, really damaging. I, I go against the whole labeling thing. Um, a person is a person, and it doesn't matter if they have, you know, two arms, two legs, they're still something. Right. Mm. Um, and I, I, I hate the labels. I've, I, I have experienced labels being more negative than positive. All right. I actually just saw a thing. Apparently, Raven Simone, the the chick who who was on the Huxtables, that's the, so Raven uh, Cosby show. Yeah, and that's a Raven. Not to not to mention hanging with Mister Cooper. And don't forget Doctor Doolittle too. Right. And, uh, <laughs> she she went. Uh, Oprah interviewed her, and she's like, "Yeah, I don't I don't call myself an African American." And uh, African American, and Oprah was like, "Girl, what? You're gonna set Twitter on fire? I'm not making that up." She said that. Yeah, that she really did. And, uh, and she's like, "No, I'm an American. I was born in America. You know, I don't necessarily identify just with black people, and I'm not from Africa. I'm an American. America. And, I, gr- I agree with that." And Oprah was like, "What? Just like your <laughs> parents? Like, what? I think the biggest question with Raven Simone is what the hell happened to her hair? America. Actually, I think she looks better than she has in a long time. She looked like Mama from Mama's family. What the hell was up with that hair? Mama." Well, she she looked like an old white lady. What the fuck are you talking? She, did. she had like silver white hair. I'm like, <laughs> you're like 27. And she was like beating Harvey Carmen. When was the last time you saw Mama's Family? You, you uh... I don't know. That's the first thing that popped into my head. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the last thing something's popped in his head. Anyway, so. I think the, the biggest thing about that interview that stands out to me is Oprah's still relevant. Yeah, that's true. Look, when you have nine billion dollars, you're always relevant. I was going to say, she's only relevant when she gives things away to her audience. Right. And then makes them pay taxes on it. Exactly. Yeah. I'd still fuck her. <laughs> yeah, I kind of would, too. Wait, no, you know, wait, wouldn't. am I still able to put a baby in that? Because if not, maybe not. What, Oprah? No. Yeah. Nah, she's past due, I think. Damn. Damn. She's got to be in her 60s. Fucking Stedman. Fuck. You'd fuck Stedman? <laughs> no, because I, oh. <laughs> I, I can't put a baby in that either. Well, uh, you know, whatever. Anyway. Try, but good luck, man. So, Jake, what, I mean, what, he's trying to uh, put a baby in you now, Jake. What do you get out of? Uh, I don't. That probably came out wrong. Uh, <laughs> uh, what's what is it about burlesque that draws you to it? Naked women. Um, actually, it's not the naked women. Um, the naked men. It's it's the sense of community. Actually, um, it's it's a group of people who all have body positive images, and despite the natural cattiness that women have, and most men have. They they support each other, and it's far less stressful than the stand up comedy community. Hmm. I could see that. Yeah, I mean, you, I, and I, I'm just, you know, I, by going off of a few people I've talked to and a few people I've met that do burlesque, they seem to be very. I don't know what the word. I don't know how to how to word it. Um, Ron, would you please stop doing lines of cocaine? Just, just, just besides being positive about everything. That they possibly can be positive about. They're they're good with themselves, and they 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 look at everybody like like you said, like people with no well, labels, yeah, like no equals, anything. no yeah. matter what. Yeah, and that's definitely a big part of it. And um, 
you know, the body positive thing's a big thing, and they they don't take themselves too seriously. Whereas stand-ups, we all have either been touched way too much as a child or not enough, therefore we <laughs> seek more attention. Um, Depends on where you've been touched, I guess. Exactly. And so there's a lot less <laughs> or by who? in burlesque community. Or by who? I feel like I need to write down something that we have to bring up later in the show. <laughs> There you go. Well, I guess it would be it'd be it'd be kind of awkward. I don't know. Awkward might be the right word. It'd be an interesting situation to have a bunch of comics together that have never worked together before. That would be a real weird personality conflict, I would think. It is. Um, see, stand-up comedians, when we're away from each other, we all have the alpha personality. We're used to being the funniest person in the room when we're with the, the civilians or muggles. Um, but when we're around other stand-ups... It's it's giant personality conflicts because we all want to be the funniest person in the room, and ninety percent of the time we're not. And well, so maybe you need to shift that. Just, maybe maybe will, yeah. maybe you need to look at when you when you're around comics. Maybe you, your goal should be like to be the the person in the room with the biggest cock. Right. Well, then no one would be in a room with me. So. <laughs> it's a one man show. I don't know. It, <laughs> One of those nights where nobody's showing up for the show. Maybe you never know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, no, I get you. I get you. There, there is. Um, I mean, everybody. Yeah, I'm sure. Like when you're when you're making real money from it, like doing national tours and stuff, it's probably a little less stressful. But right now, like I've seen that. Uh, I, I'm not really even a Louis C.K. fan. Like I appreciate it, what he's doing for comedy, but I don't find him funny personally. But I've seen that you know he's done a couple of surprise appearances, and people are like losing their shit. Like, oh, I'm gonna be the person that Louis C.K. discovers. No, you're probably not. Like, that's <laughs> probably not. This isn't gonna be, you know, so, like a lifetime movie of the week. You know, right? He's just going to do his shit. That's it. I mean, I'm sure he cares, but like, I mean, it's it's not like you get in a performance stage. Like, if he gets to see you and he likes you, that's that's great. But you know, like people like flooding a uh, a, a, a open mic night for the for the like because they just want to be famous. That's yeah, sad. Well, one of the things we, we we talk about among the comedians is if you're doing this to get famous, stop. Because odds are you're not. Well, that's that's the same. What we uh, when we talk about in uh, when we're with the bands, I mean, most of these guys and it, podcasting. Yeah, and podcasting as well. If you're hoping to make a living doing this, yeah, it's not going to work. Stupid. Like as a band, you know, it, it's dude. It's like one in a billion that gets signed to a record label. You know, and and these kids that come out are like. I'm going to be a fucking rock star. I laugh at him. I'm like, you know, dude, you're not going to be a rock star. It's not going to happen. Yeah. And that's that's the thing. Um, stand up for every one comedian that makes it becomes a Louis C.K. or a uh, Patton Oswalt or a Kevin Hart. You have 10,000 other guys who are stuck in their hometown being drunk five nights a week telling jokes. Like, it's it's not a a way to make a living speaking um, of no you do it yes. do you do it because you love it well i mean there is an element where you you do have to get up every morning and tell yourself you're the best but you actually have to have the drive to go out and prove it you know and even in a town like new orleans which is developing a better scene you, you got to go outside those walls if you if you want to actually make it right and I, 
I think comedy, in my, from my perspective of seeing it, is is like a lot of things. If if you're if you're happy with what you're doing and you can make somebody feel better, feel good, right? Isn't that what it's about? Right. I mean, you're you're you're, you're bringing someone, you know, you're giving them a laugh. Hell, that's that's important nowadays. But but you know, but yeah. just trying to get through a day and then you go to a show and you can get a laugh out of somebody that's had the shittiest day in their life that you don't even know them. Right. I mean, that's that's got to be a good thing. But I mean, you you. It look- is. You look at it like this, Rob. It's, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, dude. Um, but, but it's going to. Yeah, which for a second. But uh, it's just like, like I said, with the music stuff, man. If if you cut it off, you've been through it. You know the exact same thing. It's like you start out with all these hopes and aspirations, but you're just gonna keep doing it because you love the way you know you love your music. You love what you do. I feel it's the same way with you know most comedians. That, that's exactly it. I, I had lunch with a, a friend of mine, a guy in the scene who is doing tours and he's you know doing the festival circuits. And he pointed out something remarkable to me that I never thought of, that in every comedy scene in every city, there are the guys who are the hobbyists who just you know have nothing better to do on a Tuesday night, so they go hit up an open mic. And then there are the people who take the hobby seriously, but they, they're fine where they are in the city, so maybe they run an open mic or a feature show, and that's what they do, and it's great. And then there are the people who are actively trying to make something of themselves in this, and those are the people who are more likely to get out and go do things, but you still have to have that day job. Right, right. yeah. yeah. That's right. cool, man. I mean, that's, that's, you know, I mean, we try to bring a little smile to people i guess and what oh, we yeah. do oh, yeah, and it definitely. seems to work you know no, I mean, and we've helped out quite a few people and i think that's what we like about doing what we do is is giving people a, a forum to uh, to to enjoy them, themselves to enjoy themselves and, and to, to learn you know people listening to this go hey you know i just learned something about this guy i'm going to check them out or i'm going to look them up or i'm going to help them out i mean that's it's a cool thing you know and yeah. we don't get anything really from it other than getting to learn a lot of really cool people um, and uh, I, I think that's cool. That's why we do it anyway. Yeah. At least that's what I feel like we do. You don't speak for me, rum guy. <laughs> I'm speaking for you. I don't. I don't fucking give a shit if any of these people are happy. <laughs> Fuck all of them. <laughs> I hope you're as miserable as me or worse. He's lying, people. Well, Fuck let's get you. to know Jake. Jake. Fuck yes. You. What else? You, you you do comedy. You said you did uh, writing. You're a writer. I I am a writer. Um. The, the day job is basically, I write term papers for college kids. I'm a professional cheater. Oh, awesome. Oh, awesome. I know people yeah. do that. Um, um, I, I, I have done papers on anything from the mating habits of the African CD fly to various incarnations of Hamlet. Um, most recently, I did a paper where I psychoanalyzed Bruce Wayne. Nice. Mm. Weird. That's cool. Yeah. You know, I never know what assignments I'm going to get. Most of the my clients are Arabic students who English is not their first language, and they just have more money than God and just you know give it to me to take their classes. I hate. Hey, uh, but you're out of it. At least, That's at, awesome. yeah, at least you learn stuff. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not somebody you want to play Trivial Pursuit with because you may not get a turn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I like... don't know all the categories anyway. I know. Uh, I think uh, arts and entertainment was you, my you don't even my know biggest that. pie on the Trivial Pursuit board. Jake, I just want yeah. you to know I'll beat your fucking ass at Hungry Hungry Hippo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't play. I'm a lonely single man. I do a lot of motion with my arm. Challenge accepted. Mm. 
Yeah. <laughs> we'll film it. <laughs> That's it. That's what we, I'm we, ambidextrous. Bring we, it. We need to do that. We need to get Jake and, and Adam up together and we'll put a yeah, Hungry Hungry YouTube Hippos game right in YouTube that shit. Mm. It'd be it'd be I'm like down. it'd be the MHOG presents, you know, and then, and the then, hippo challenge. And then Wayne's uh he'll he'll challenge you on the uh the surgeon game because he's used to using tweezers to pull out body parts. <laughs> Fuck you. That's fine. That's, well, that's, that, that's an interesting uh interesting side gig you got there. What the yeah, hungry hungry hippos thing? Is that uh I mean but what else? I mean what what I mean what what do you listen to? What's your music scene like? Um as awful as this is to admit publicly, and this first time I'm really doing it, I'm one of four people who actually bought Hillary Duff's that first album. So I have one of her songs. I, uh, I wake up, wake up on a Saturday night. Something. It was very metal. I enjoyed it. <laughs> Hillary Duff's album was metal. It was it was pretty metal. The whole the whole name Hillary Duff does not sound metal at all. Well, that was mm. that wasn't the name of the album. Well, that blowjob she was giving her her fiance was pretty metal. Where this where this come from? You never saw those pictures like when when no. her her, her fiance like pictures, uh, asked I forgot him, you got them on a zip drive on your keychain. Yeah, <laughs> uh, this, uh, that one isn't on here. Uh, no, her, her, this was a couple years ago when she was getting married, her, her fiance proposed to her and like, so there were like photographers, paparazzi outside their hotel and like snapping pictures and like, like one scene is her like screaming and holding her finger and the next thing you know, she's on her knees blowing him. What? <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> That's, I mean, it's sad cause uh, you know, I, I mean. I, you know, it's, hey, it's, if you're gonna be insane. again, if you're gonna be in the public's eye like that, e, no, no, right. not even close. Dude. Oh, yeah. This this oh, isn't yeah. like this isn't like a, uploading a, shit to your cell a, phone. Somebody was like with a long range camera, like peering into her window. That's well, that's just that should be illegal. That's kind of stalkerish. I would imagine it is. I don't know. I don't. I can't. I don't think you can sell pictures like that to uh, a regular magazine. It probably just leaked online. Probably. Somebody fall? Uh, my cat is attacking things. It's all right. <laughs> that's, that's cool. So okay. So besides Hillary Duff, come on. Um, I, I'm I'm a fan of like th- uh, live the throwing copper era. Anything after throwing copper is terrible. Um, and the second album was okay. I don't even yeah, remember. I, I don't, remember we had that conversation. I don't even remember the second album. No one does. Uh, I'm a big fan of Sting. Nice. And uh, I love Elvis Costello. Okay. Um, and a, a little band called Stroke Nine. Yes. Um, they have more and, than one uh, song. I actually really no. enjoyed Keanu Reeves' Dog Star. You know, and I actually never heard any of that. that Congratulations, like, you have just been the second person to ever say that out loud. Yes, that Dog Star existed. Rum was the first. <laughs> yeah, I saw them live in Chicago when I was a freshman in high school. Sweet. Cool, man. So, that, I'm more of a movie and comic book guy myself. So yeah. that's cool. That, Adam knows a couple things about comics. Yeah, little like, first. I don't know anything. Favorite movie? Um, my favorite movie will have to be Ghostbusters. Nice, hands down. Nice. Hmm. I haven't heard that one before. Well, that's cool. That's I, a good. I movie. mean, I'm sure there. Uh, well, there's I bet a whole. He was standing in line for pre-orders for Ghostbuster Donuts. I bet you was. There's a whole New Orleans Ghostbuster Society. I'm sure, I'm sure uh, there's plenty of people that that's their favorite movie. Yeah, that would be fucked up if like the, like half of them. No, my favorite movie is actually Schindler's List. 
Which leads to Ghostbusters, if you think about it. Well, that's true. You're right. It does. That, that, that totally does. Ghostbusters <laughs> Europe would be a big, big franchise. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so apparently they hired uh, Paul Feig and the guy who, or I, I think it's a guy who wrote The Heat for him to officially direct the, uh, write and direct the new Ghostbusters movie. Oh, what, what, gonna be the all one with women. all women? Yeah. You know, I will believe that movie happens when I see a trailer. Uh, I'm, I honestly, uh, I don't have a doubt in my mind this movie will be made. Now, when they were talking about the the original four Ghostbusters coming back to do, you know, aside from Ernie Hudson and Dan Aykroyd, I, uh, I severely had doubts that that would ever happen. Yeah. But no, this movie, like, they, Paul Feig has made a shitload of money for, for movie studios. There's no doubt in my mind that, that you're going to see Melissa McCarthy Maybe Sandra Bullock. I can get behind that. And uh, I don't know. Two other women. Hopefully I not Kristen Wiig. I a possible Wig. premise for this movie. And it's, it's probably just conjecture. But conjecture. But I, I heard that it's, it's uh, two people, two girls, um, go out to try to find a, um, a property for some sort of, I, I don't know, it's a sorority house or some sort of club or business or something. But they end up purchasing the the old ghostbusters building the the firehouse mm-hmm. and um and then it kind of goes from there it's they start off not in that direction but they get turned to that direction by uh people talking i guess there's there's a possible cameo with somebody rome are you suggesting that that the in this story the original ghostbusters just happen to leave around like nuclear <laughs> Nuclear accelerators, right? Well, I, I, I think like, like eh, nobody will fuck with it. I think the city uh, uh, cemented or, or sealed something off because they didn't know how to remove it, and then that's I, I don't know. I'm just and one day during a kegger, they like, bust like down the uh, premises for this movie. Oh, that's what that's one of the premises that you read. Yes. Oh, okay. Um, that's weird. Yeah, like I I, I'm gonna guess that's not gonna be weird. <laughs> Well, I mean, how else are you going to get them in there? How else are you going to go? Well, they, these are, they can't go. Well, these are the children of. Why not? Why couldn't they? Why not? Because that would be tacky and lame. Isn't the you concept could... of making an artificially des- like design all female Ghostbusters cast just for the simple reason of like propelling the franchise tacky? Yeah, I think no, so. I, I don't. I don't think it's going to be a we are the siblings of the original Ghostbusters thing. I. I think that's probably going to be that way. I'm sure I one think, of them will be. I, I think it's more probable that the, the property was up for foreclosure auction and these people buy it and they stumble into this line of work. I think that's I, I, I would go about it like maybe one of them was taking Dr. Ray Stance's class on the paranormal. You go the extreme Ghostbusters route. Sure. I yeah. mean, that's a logical progression. Sure, and... that, could be, that could be good. I so, think uh, I'd, I'd like to see uh, Melissa McCarthy be Pete Venkman's niece or something. I don't uh, think that. I don't, I don't think, think it'll be Venkman's. I think I would make her Dan, Egon's. I would think Egon's mm. or possibly, uh, um, I don't know, uh, Dan Aykroyd's character. No, Ernie Hudson's. She'll be Ernie <laughs> Hudson's. <laughs> Ernie Hudson's. That's who it is. <laughs> but if you if you make her Egon's like niece or something, it's such a different personality type. It has its own comedic value. Mm-hmm. It does. That's cool. Honestly, uh, I'd, I'd uh, rather see film school. So like, right. that's that's the way I think. Honestly, I'd rather think see a Stripes cool. remake or not remake, but a sequel. 
That'll never happen, dude. That movie's what forty years old. What, what forty what years old? I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> oh, no, I what, think that was made in the eighties. Stripes. Stripes. Oh, Stripes would be awesome. No, yeah. but not a sequel. I don't know. But Why not? not? The original Stripes. I get sucked in. I'm just. I'm not. Say, I'm not even saying that there should be a Stripe sequel. I'm just saying I'd rather see that than a Ghostbusters sequel. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. I still want that RV. I don't care how old I get. <laughs> That's a terrible RV. <laughs> the fucking thing was awesome. <laughs> fucking flat out pussy wagon with flamethrowers and like it was a GMC RV. Yes, mm-hmm. it was like puce green or something. Anyway, it was, bu- it was butterscotch. <laughs> so Jake, when uh, well, okay, so your your weekly open mic is at Bufa's at nine or no ten p.m. Yeah, no, it's uh. Every Friday night at 11.55 p.m., technically midnight. Okay. Um, All right. Why so late? Um, because that's the time slot the owner gave me a year and a half ago because it was an experiment, and it actually worked. Um, and that's right. the funniest time of night. God. Oh, my bad. Well, we've, been, it's, we, we've been called the most optimistic uh, open mic in New Orleans. Mm. It's like Friday night, the French Quarter, midnight. Sure, we'll try stand-up. I, my works. my only thing, I, like I keep wanting to go, but uh, parking is so parking is so difficult. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I feel like you kind of have to get there at like nine p.m. to well, go, uh, go at nine p.m. Get yourself a muffalata and, and some beignets and a crawfish and just hang out. And the crawfish, wait, wait, just, Ron, just you, one crawfish. You, just haven't, one crawfish. you haven't said etouffee or uh, you don't need etouffee. That's that's a lunchtime thing. You don't do that. <laughs> you don't want to throw in red beans or rice. There and you don't. What the hell? Ball meat biscuits. Anyway, uh, are you going to be at the Boofus show on Saturday night? Uh, the Bard Bash show? Yes, that's yours, right? Am I? Am that I is my show. That's my okay. birthday party. Oh, oh, sweet. awesome. Um, every year for my birthday, I manipulate my friends into coming out and doing stand-up comedy for me. And, um, it's a show called Bard Bash, and every year it's, uh, something different, um, a different title. Um, and it's called Bard Bash because my, my online handle is Rogue Bard. Okay. Um, yeah. Because that's an interesting title. Yeah. Um, last year was the Bard Bash 2013, subtitled Bard Mitzvah. Ah. (laughs) I like it, like it. And Dreadle, so this Dreadle, year Dreadle. is Bardtoberfest. Nice. <laughs> I um, I'm gonna try and make that one. Spent since it's uh, it starts at eight or seven. It starts at seven. It goes to nine. Um, we have some amazing comedians. Uh, it's hosted by uh, excuse the cheap plug, but it's hosted by Jade Patton, um, and Matt Brown. Uh, Paul Oswell, Tony Frederick are going to be there, and special musical guest Remy D. She's going to be singing, and it's going to be an amazing show. Oh, uh, cool. She's going to be singing Bjork songs. Um, actually, I, I think we're going to get her to sing the hits for Rebecca Black's last album. Rebecca Black had an album at all? <laughs> See, most of my jokes are like me. They're kind of lame. Oh okay. Oh no no that's it's now you see that one was really good. No it is it is funny because it confused the fuck out of me. Yeah you should have seen this. He was like uh what? No it just sounds like so I mean she could have a record. I th- okay here's the thing like if you do that on stage I think it's funny I think the problem is is like 
we're just douchebags talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> like, so I, I, that just sounds like a good time to me. Like, yeah, let's just all sing fucked up songs like to each other. Let's, you know. That sounds well, cool. fun. Are, if you don't mind me asking, what's the number this year? Um, I'm going to be 31. 31. Good Sweet. for you, man. Yes. Well, thank you. I tried. You made it, you made it this far. You know, and I'm just going to keep going. You know, that's I'm not going to put the water myself just yet. Rum makes... Yeah, you know, don't give up, man. Rum just makes life going. seem like a haunted house. <laughs> well, you got this far. You might as well keep going. <laughs> don't worry about that nigga guy that's about to jump out at you. He's he's harmless. <laughs> His name's the rum guy. <laughs> no, I'm definitely going to try and go, especially since, like, you know, like you said, it's from 7 to 9, so easier parking. <laughs> Much easier parking, and then afterwards, there's going to be a, a show at the Dragon Den, Dragon's Den with the Society of Sin and Accessible Comedy. We're doing Adam's Family Feud. Oh, so, cool. Wow. Yeah. That's, it's going to be like a double header then. It is. It is. Um, the first half of the Adam's Family show, it's Adam's Family themed burlesque. And then the second half, we are doing um, Family Feud. I'm hosting it, and it's comedians against burlesque dancers in a rematch. Because um, we did the same show without the Adams Family element a few months ago, and the burlesque dancers got their asses handed to them. So, I, I guess the question is: Are you going to split your your outfit? Is half of you going to become median and half you going to be burlesque? Or um, I'm actually going to be dressed as the most waspy individual I could be. The wrong All guy. Right. So, so right off a yacht. Yeah. Exactly. The pastel sweater tied neatly over my shoulders. That'll be so pretty. Yes. I think you should just go as your picture. I may. I may. Sweet. Just for you. Sweet. Everybody listening to this, you don't know what the picture looks like, make sure you go to his Facebook page and check it out. It'll be the one that's used as the... Or just Skype the, Jake Potter, have a conversation. Just be no, like, What's up, I, I'm just going to use this picture as the as the uh, the show plays. <laughs> please, that'll please be do. that'll be the picture everybody sees as they watch, they listen to the show. They're, they're going to be intrigued and creeped out at the same time. <laughs> so I don't mean this in a bad way. It kind of looks like uh, remember the uh, the band uh, Gorillas. Yes. Yes. Mm. It's kind of that type of. That that feel, you know what I'm saying? That that, that no, it looks nothing no. like a gorilla drawing. It, it kind of does. Have no, some more doesn't. acid. No, this is this is manga. Like the gorillas was more of a cartoony yeah. style. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's differences, but I mean, that's what I'm, I'm getting. <laughs> look, yeah. look, they're both illustrations. They're both of dudes. It's it's basically the same thing. <laughs> Love the Rome guy. A person drew it. You know. It's all, you know, yeah, you smell like pee. (laughs) (laughs) I just like that you smell me. Yeah, he does. Anyway, so Jake, you you said, um, homoeroticism in this podcast than a Greek tragedy right now. Yes, there is. It's, it's, at least on that end, it's only gay (laughs) if you're receiving. I thought it was only gay if he came. That's Hemel's thing. Oh, okay. I think that's Hemel's excuse for what he does. For being gay. When the unicorn's not around. Yeah, that's right. Anyway. I've heard it's only gay if balls are touching. Ah, well, that could be it, too. Hmm. What if you have really big balls that automatically make you gay? You got to tape them up. <laughs> tape them up. Put those suckers away. What? what? Gotcha, tape them to your asshole. I don't know. You do some weird shit. Hey, sh- whatever. Well, just make sure they have protection. Keep them fuzzy. <laughs> no, well, not if you use no tape. No problem there. And you pull that tape off. Do it fast. 
<laughs> Jake, you had mentioned um, that uh, there's there's a couple of burlesque shows that you can't talk about. Is there any other shows that you can't, whether comedy or burlesque, that you got coming up that you want to talk a little about? Um, I am doing uh, my weekly show is every Friday night. That's we've already plugged that. Um, a burlesque show I'm being a part of is called Wonder Women. It's on the 24th of October at Mags on uh, Elysian Fields, um, and we're raising money for a women's shelter. And I'm actually making my burlesque debut. I will be doing a number and removing clothes. Wow. Okay. Um, I thought you had yeah. said that you did the uh, Fire and Ice, that you were Cal Drago. I was, but I didn't strip. I was just wearing pants and no shirt. Oh. So now so, I'm actually going to strip, and it's going to be a comedic number. I'm going to be in a wheelchair and mm. doing, you know, spins and, and dips and that thing. So it's cool. going to be fun. Mm. And uh, the other big comedy thing I'm doing that is not just a weekly open mic is on November 7th, I am hosting what is called Improv Bowl 1. And it is two improv comedy troops squaring off against each other for the not-so-coveted title of Improv Bowl Champion. Oh, <laughs> That's awesome. What, what are the comedy troops? Uh, sketch comedy it is going improv. to be sketchy characters from here in New Orleans, and the other co- uh, comedy troupe is going to be the family dinner out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Sweet. Sweet. So, And that'll be at Bufa's and on Friday, no, uh, November 7th. Now, I have one one interesting question. Now, okay. now Kyle Drago was a brown guy. He was a brown guy. And I he had, did not go in brown and, and he had black hair. I was just curious uh, how the the really white guy with blonde hair was playing that character. Um, They just put makeup. <laughs> they, gave, they gave me a lot of eyeshadow and glitter and tied brown ribbon to me and told me to go lay down as if I was dead. Oh, okay. Well, that's pretty good. Oh, so you, had, yeah. you it was sort of a fusion then of, of, <laughs> of that and Twilight. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the big gag was announcing Cal Drogo was the you know most powerful warrior in all of Westeros, and then I come out on stage on my crutches, missing a limb. <laughs> and, <laughs> that that just means you lost it in in the most in epic the, battle. That's ever. right. I, I had to I had to you know pay a debt to the Lannisters. <laughs> that's okay. it, because they always get theirs. So yeah, they send cool. their regards. Words to live by. So, uh, do we have any stories we want to talk about? I, I, I have a little one. We know that. Uh, let's, let's not focus on that. Just tell the story. Yeah. So, what the fuck is going on with Seventh Heaven lately? Uh, really, we're going to this story. Yes. Okay. What yes, do you okay. wait? Wait. Hold two, on. Two things have happened. I don't even know anything about Seventh Heaven. Okay. Well, I'll let me finish my fucking story, and you will. Motherfucker, you acted like everybody knew. Uh, well, it's been a big story the last couple of days. I just assume. I don't oh, I'm sorry. I don't sit on the, the Facebook and watch everybody's talking. Mm, yes, you do. No, I don't. Anyway. Moving so, on. So, uh, well, first is that the dad, Stephen Collins, has been everywhere. Like, he's been in a lot of things. Yeah. He was in Brewster's Millions, most famously. And, uh, <laughs> I think Seventh Heaven he was most famously in. But, uh, so apparently his ex, or soon-to-be ex-wife, is, a, is saying that she has a tape of him confessing to molesting little girls and exposing himself. So, uh, it, and again, this is his his wife, ex-wife or the person who hates him most, so right. it might be bullshit, but it's being basically spread, spread around like it's for certain true. Uh, it's But it's America, that's what we do. 
America. But then apparently one of the actresses from that show died the same day. And, and now the only reason I'm bringing this up is because the article I read said she was 40, 40, 40 and died of natural causes in her parents' uh, Wisconsin home. Who the fuck dies of natural causes at the age of 40? A lot of people. Next question. Who a does lot that of people? parents' home? Yeah. <laughs> at, at 40. Maybe she was like Robin Williams from that movie Jack. What? Oh, no, I was going to say. A shitty talk. actress? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, natural causes, dude. It could be anything. I mean... You can have a heart attack at natural causes. A heart attack is not natural causes. What's natural causes? When you just die of old age. No, that's no. not natural causes. Natural causes When is... When you die of a heart attack, people say you died of a heart attack. When you die of natural causes, that means you died in your sleep maybe of she nothing. Was, maybe she was diabetic and just died. That's I mean, diabetes. That is, is a heart attack. I mean, I mean you can... That Unless is still natural cause. No, it's not. It's not produced by like That's chemicals like, or hanging themselves or shooting themselves in the you face. You sound like an insurance company trying to claim that being run over by a car is like an act of God. Well, God made the car, so I, actually, no, sort Bruce of. Detroit did. Well, God made Detroit. <laughs> Tekken over in Japan. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tekken? yeah. God made Tekken. Wait, what? Huh? No. <laughs> that might be Namco. I don't know. Yeah, I think I it is know. Namco. It's just weird I, I, that, like... The only thing God made is rock and roll music. <laughs> well, God gave you an awful voice, so... God gave rock and roll music. Anyway, I just thought it was weird that, like, two... But it is kind of strange. Two, two, I mean, the, the actress isn't well-known, so it, that's not really a big story. It's just odd that something else happened in the Seventh Heaven universe... Like this, like two days, like one day apart. Well, quite, quite on. I, I, I knew the show. I understood. The, I, I knew what it was about. I know what was it? Jennifer Love Hewitt. Hewitt came out of that show, right? No, no that's, that's part, part of your five. five. You're thinking of Jessica oh. Biel. See, I don't even know. I used to watch that show, but it, it like it's it was the most soap op soap opera e like CW show of all time. Or I guess it was WB at the time. It was WB. Yeah, WB. No. Like every every well, season. Dawson's Creek. So. Dawson's Creek. I, I don't even think Dawson's Creek was as much of a soap opera as Seventh Heaven. Like every season, like one of the kids would like, I don't know, get pregnant and leave, and then they would like bring in a street youth to uh, a street youth. Yeah, it was like a troubled youth. Sometimes it's a boy, man. sometimes it's a girl. Youth. Troubled youth. Mm-hmm. So these two youths. I don't know. That's that's that is that is a weird, ironic coincidence. I'll say that. Well, we can all take solace in knowing that that actress's body finally caught up to her career. Exactly. Yes. They're both <laughs> too soon. Too <laughs> soon. And I would, I would chastise you, but I don't actually know her name, so fuck her. <laughs> See, we're talking about this poor woman's death. We don't know her name, and we all have smartphones. We can look it up right now. My phone is stupid. Yeah, I could. But we're lazy men. Next yeah, story. we just don't care. I think I think that's what the whole thing is. We don't give a shit. You know, earlier we were talking about uh, you know people who who think they're gonna get famous doing comedy or whatever. Right. You. Today I, I joined this uh, Facebook podcasters hangout group where basically just like to share ideas and like okay how do y'all what do y'all have problems with here? It's not it's not to post your shit. It's just to talk to other people and see what works for them. And uh, for the most part, it's a nice little asset to have. Like, if I have any questions, like if you know somebody might have an idea, 
But it is, I notice a lot of people who think they're going to be famous or something like that. And today I saw, or maybe it was yesterday, I saw this guy. He's like, hey guys, um, I I am a full-time podcaster. I don't know what that means. Uh, he's like, uh, he doesn't work. I'm I'm working. I, on, live, I live in my basement. I'm working uh, on on expanding, and uh, I really want to make a living uh, doing you know, just podcasting. So if anyone has any ideas, I don't know what what uh, what is it, advertising sites to trust and all that. And so I wrote to the guy and I said, well, first, get a job. You, you need to work on your numbers. Like you you like when you're talking about podcasting and making a living. You can't even start talking about like making any kind of money off of it until you have the numbers that support it. And uh and I said, But look, you can try Patreon, which is something we've discussed. Yeah. Uh if your audience is loyal enough, you might make a few cents off of it. But uh but really I I tried to put this as politely as possible. I said, dude, it's almost impossible to make money off of uh much less make a living off of being a podcaster and he's like Well Buck I realize that that it is very difficult, but the journey of a thousand steps starts with some bullshit. And I was like, "Shut Start the fuck with up!" One. I was like, like "You're done." <laughs> points of light. Huh? If you look at the more popular podcasts out there, all of the people making those casts have real day jobs, exactly, like, or they already have something that they can, you know, depend on for an income, like. You know, the Nerdist podcast, those are all working comedians and working writers, and they do that because it's shits and giggles for them. Mm, I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure Chris Hardwick was destitute before he, he started the Nerdist. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's – because he, he got his – not his start, but, like, his, his original claim to fame was he was doing that show Singled Out with yeah. Jenny McCarthy. Yeah. But nobody remembers him because they just wanted to fuck Jenny McCarthy. Right. That's all it was. And uh, – <laughs> He also had a show on G, uh, a show on G Four Tech TV for a while. Yep, until so that network folded. When that network went away, he was by himself. Again. Right. Well, I think that ended after. Wait, it did end after Nerdist started, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but as as I understand it from like I, I heard an interview with him, uh, and uh, he he was pretty pretty much like floating aimlessly until he started Nerdist. So I mean, everything good in his life right now is because of Nerdist, like all the Doctor Who shit and all that, and the the Talking Dead. That's all because he he started this uh, network. But he had at least a name out there to to draw people in, you know. And I think at the time there wasn't like a major. I mean, there's still technically he's kind of the the main game in town when it comes to nerd podcasts. Yeah, you know, even though it's awful. I've never listened to it. You shouldn't. I mean, look, I respect the guy as a businessman, but that show is fucking awful. Like I, my one of my favorite writers, as I've mentioned many times, is Warren Ellis. He got Warren Ellis. I made it through maybe ten minutes of that show, and I was like, oh, no, even 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 Internet Jesus will not make me like listen <laughs> to this shit. Internet Jesus. But anyway. I don't know. I've never listened to him either. The only time I ever listened to that guy is is on the Talking Dead stuff. I would listen to Jesus. But um, but yeah, it's just. I mean, look, I, I have three shows. You know, we do this twice a week. Yeah. You know, I only do it because I enjoy it. We don't get anything back from it aside. No. I mean, really, except uh, for those bags of money. Uh-huh. Those, dude, that must those, be just shipping those, to you. Those are bags of laundry. That's how I made it happen. 
<laughs> well, that's the way I feel about stand-up, because when I go and perform at stand-up shows, I end up losing money. Yeah. You know, transportation or just drinking at these shows, because that's the only time I really drink. But Me too. I, I've, I've been fortunate to... I, I run my own show and I get paid to do it, but... It's very hard to be a working stand-up comedian, and that's your only form of income. Of mm. all the stand-ups in New Orleans, there's only one guy who is making his money on stand-up. And he's doing well, but in all honesty, his wife mostly subsidizes him. So, mm. um, I was going to ask who that is, but once you said that part, I'm like, oh, I guess it's yeah. not really something that you're going to say on here. <laughs> Well, that's the thing is he admits that, that his wife d- does most of it. So, oh really? Um, you guys have worked with him. Well, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a sugar mama. Yeah, you know, uh, me too. So if you find one that has a sister, just send her. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean, I think I think that's what we all need. Oh, I know who you're talking about, Matt Brown, Top Cat Matt Brown. That's right. Top yes, cat. Top Cat. That's exactly. I'm not talking about Matt Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, he's well, playing he, at Bartoberfest, right? Yes. Yeah, he is doing Bartoberfest. Um, Amber Lunning is doing it as well. You guys got her to host. Yes, yes. We. Uh, well, I wish to thank you for recommending her. Yes. I'm sure she uh, does not feel the same because <laughs> that show did not quite go well. But we, we did appreciate your, your recommendations. Yeah. And, uh, That's not a problem. I'd love to do the next one you guys do. Just give me a little bit of notice. Okay. Um, That'd be great. We, but, have, uh, we have two coming up. We, you know, I heard about that show before it ended. Like there were text messages flying around <laughs> oh, the New Orleans I'm sure. about it. So um, I think it's um, fun. I think everybody listening needs to go hear your show. For that sure. would be fun. So uh, anybody out there listening right now, definitely. When it when it, one more time. When's what's the date of the next coming show? Uh, every Friday night at midnight at Bufa's Esplanade and Burgundy in the back room. It's a free show with a one drink minimum. Mm. There you go. You can't beat that. Yeah. Shit. I'd, I'd, Good I'd food be too. Yes. Ten drinks. So oh, we we do serve food too all night long. Oh sweet. Yeah, and it's good stuff. And the more you guys you know eat and drink, the funnier we are. Mm-hmm. See, that's that's it. That's the key to success. But they're Drink they're all more. they're all good comedians, or so you know. You, I mean, don't get me wrong. Definitely check out the food, but you know, the, the food is award winning food. Um, Where you at? Magazine has named Bufa's best bar food in New Orleans the past two if, years. If you were going to order one thing from Bufa's, what would it be? Hands down, the Reuben sandwich and a uh, appetizer of deep fried green beans. Really? Oh my god! Yeah, they're amazing. I'm just. I know what I'm gonna get next time. My mind. Um. You know, the How funny good thing is this Reuben. It's the best Reuben in New Orleans. Mm. I'll be damned. And they don't pay me to say that. So not as good as Reuben Fry, though. Or Paul Reuben. <laughs> um, you know, the funny thing stutter. about about Bufa's food is that it's literally almost directly across the street from Port of Call, which everyone talks about and is fucking awful. Yeah. Yeah. I you know, I, I've done the, the Port of Call Bufas in, in one night and had the same bur- burgers at both places, and I will take the Bufas burger any day. Mm-hmm. Next it, time, it, mm. why, why have y'all not taken me to Bufas when I'm down there? Because we like we've you. never gone it's there like, like, like the until after, after the last time you've been here. Yeah, that's true. I mean, come on. We, uh, guys, we've know, only discovered it like right. not that long ago. Yeah, basically... Uh, Jake hosted a um, what do you call it a roast, a roast. for Tony Frederick. Oh, I guess this was like four months ago. Yeah, I think so. Something like it was that. In June, yeah. Yeah, and uh, 
Wayne was invited by Remy D to go see her perform as a stand-up, and Wayne didn't feel like going by himself, so he invited me. So I was like, "Come on, let's go!" And uh, you know, so but yeah, no, we we hadn't been to Boofus, and I, I don't I don't go downtown like ever. Y'all weird. I everything in life is a pain in the Who's ass to me. Cow? Like when it comes, especially when it comes <laughs> I was to parking. say something about a cow too. Like if I if I have to have a hard time parking, I'm not gonna go. That's just oh how I gosh. am. Oh my gosh! It's parking. I mean, that's just that's a small thing, man. That's a small price to pay for a good night out, good food. Says a guy who lives downtown and walks everywhere. Right. I don't walk. I, I I'm back at my house, man. I don't walk. If I gotta drive places, mm-hmm. well, now you just get drunk at home. And then I drive. Mm. Awesome. <laughs> drunk. Yeah. There. <laughs> there you go, that's, kids. That's not the point. It's Rum guy is, is, man, is the guy you need to idolize more. You know, especially when you got you got you got guys like Jake here. You got you, you got to go out. Everybody listening, go support local. Bear, bear in mind, about. Rum guy will please never. Can can I actually plug a couple of my friend shows, please? please. Yes, yes, sure. You can here. you can plug mm-hmm. anything. We're gonna cut it out anyway, so yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> no, go ahead. No, go go ahead. <laughs> The local comedy scene here is booming, and we are becoming known to be a comedy city now. And so um, you can see stand-up comedy every night of the week. Uh, Monday nights, there are two shows. There is uh, 12 Mile Limits, uh, Bear With Me Open Mic, and then Siberia's Open Mic. Um, That's at 9 o'clock. Tuesday nights, House of Blues has a show. And then there are two feature shows, one at The Howling Wolf and another one at Lost Love Lounge. Wednesday night station. I would like to come down and do an open mic. Go on, Jake. Go on. Come to one of the open mics. They're they're fun. They are a challenge. You will find out that stand up comedy is not for everyone, and it's not as easy as it looks. But we let anybody try because it tends to shut audience members up. Where somebody will say, "Oh, I can do that," and then they go up and try, and then eat shit for three minutes, and they're like, "Oh, well, this is not as easy as it looks." So. I, I would think it would be easy. I, I think stand-up comedy is probably one of the hardest gigs you can do. Mm. Seriously, it, when, when it comes to an audience standpoint, stand-up comedy is tough. It's very tough. Um, and I, I adore Remy D. And the, that Tony Frederick roast was her first time doing stand-up yeah. comedy. And she came to me after the show, and you know she's a, a known burlesque dancer in the city. She's a wonderful musician. So she's not unused to being on stage and she she came up to me and she's like jake that's a different kind of naked that i've ever experienced and it was i felt more vulnerable doing that and so if you're doing burlesque you know you've got something to distract the audience from you know from you like you're you're flaunting your body Uh, whereas with this it's just you in the microphone in the audience yep yeah yeah i can see that man I mean, I flaunt my body every day, and it's it's tough anyway. That's why his but... wife left. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Amy. <laughs> she left the room. Exactly. Because <laughs> you're flaunting your body. I'm flaunting. Uh, yeah. I'm, you so know, anyway, Jake, go on with uh, your, your name and shows. That's what I got going on right now. Uh, there are there are tons of shows. There's uh, Thursday night has another uh, stand-up comedy show. That's a book show at the House of Blues. There's an open mic at the Howling Wolf. And Friday night there are two open, uh, yeah, two open mics. Um, oh, I'm sorry, there are three, but we only acknowledge two. <laughs> um, there, there's the the Cramadin open mic over at the Beatnik, and then there's mine. 
And Saturday has local uproar over at the Always Lounge, and Sunday has uh, the uh, NOLA Comedy Hour at the Hi Ho Lounge. And you know, you never know who's going to be there. You're going to see top-notch comedians, uh, traveling acts. You may see a celebrity come in, um, like we've been seeing with Louis C.K. popping up. Um, and you're also going to see local guys who are amazing, and then real whack jobs. <laughs> like, I, I would probably fall into that category. I haven't been there. Like, so, so there's that. <laughs> um, and you know, there's a lot of people who, especially in this, the wake of Louis C.K. showing up, who are like, man, I can't believe I missed Louis C.K., well, you're saying that when you don't already come out to these shows. Right. If you come out to these shows, you have a greater chance of seeing somebody, you know, do well. Or you never know. Ten years from now, the guy you saw opening at Siberia doing five minutes of dick jokes may be the next Louis C.K. or Kevin Hart. You never know. Well, it's, it's really cool that, that New Orleans area is, is transforming into that, that type of comedy scene. It's always just been known for pretty much jazz, you know, you know the, the typical things New Orleans is known for. And you uh, know, food, jazz, that sort of thing. Murder. But, I mean, you you you've got a great music scene down there, despite you know, no, beside not despite, but just you know, on the side of jazz. I mean, you've got you got great rock bands. You've got a lot of different other things going on down there, and to see the comedy scene coming up uh, for anybody traveling down there, that is a, a is a great thing to definitely check out. I think uh, I think everybody should check it out. I mean, get a new perspective on on that city. You know, go and go and get a laugh. You know, that's it's, awesome. It's, and to let you know how, how seriously uh, the, the rest of the country is taking New Orleans as a comedy scene, we were just one of the 10 audition cities for NBC's last comic standing. Yeah, That's I saw cool. that. I saw that. That was pretty cool. So, like, it, it was a big honor to be a, a comedy city to have that come through, and even bigger an honor to be invited to participate as myself and many other comedians. In fact, Two of the other comics on my birthday show Saturday auditioned and have a great chance of being taken. Sweet. So, yeah, just so, go support local comedy. It, it's great. It's fun, and you're going to meet people who maybe you would never have a chance to meet otherwise. You know, Jake, you, you mentioned uh, one of these people could, in theory, be the next like Louis C.K. or Kevin Hart. It's worth mentioning that none of those people like just like did started stand up last last week you know like uh, louis ck's probably been doing stand-up for like over like 25 years or so I'm, I'm guessing i don't know he looks old uh and kevin hart i'm sure has done like 10 to 15 years at least it's it, it, nobody just like is like even the people that who are naturally talented take years before they get noticed you yeah. know like uh like a dave Chappelle doesn't like even though like they say he killed like for the first year that he did stand-up it doesn't mean that he was like on Comedy Central, that, you know, right that the very year. next week. Hey, exactly. I saw it live and it was awful. And that's it. Like nobody ever has consecutive shows that are just amazing. You know, you you do, you do this for year after year after year, and it depends on timing. If your if your jokes are good and you're in front of the right people, and that's, that's a lot you, of it. I think the right people. You got to have the right crowd for the the, the stuff you're doing. I mean, and. You know, he, he was here, he was so off. Yeah, yeah. And part of the part of the problem with with Chappelle is in in recent years he's been trying to get back into the stand up circuit, and his show Chappelle show was so wildly popular, people wanted to see those characters, mm. 
and they they were terrible audiences, and they were shouting requests for these characters from the Chappelle show, mm. and they didn't want to see his new stuff because he pigeonholed himself. Yeah, so, he, he typecast himself basically in the same way an actor does. And that's why whenever you hear of a comedian getting a, a his own sitcom, it's the kiss of death for a comedian. Ray Romano had an, an amazing stand-up career, and then CBS books him for a, a sitcom that was wildly successful, but now he doesn't have a, a stand-up career anymore because people want Ray Barone. Right. Um, well, he's a millionaire, though. The, so. the, 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 the Mastodon. Not Mastodon. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, they, they want that. They or Mitch Hedberg was a great example. Before he died, there were NBC, Fox, and CBS were leaping at him to do a sitcom, and he kept saying, "No, no, I don't want to do it," because he knew what was going to happen. He'd Andy Kaufman in the seventies didn't want to do a sitcom, and his mate, his agent basically forced him to. And from then on, he was known as Lodka. Yeah, uh, and it's. So to be it, fair, that that was less weird than what he actually did on any given day. It was less weird, but it it drove him in more insane than he already was. Which is why he turned to beating up women. <laughs> yes, and I thought you were going to say which turned. I thought you were going to say would turn him to cancer, but whatever. Oh well, you know, he's but, still you alive. Know, too soon? No, he's still alive. Can, him and Elvis. I can only think of one comedian who. You know, went from a prospering stand-up career to a prospering sitcom career, back to stand-up and transitioned wonderfully. Um, Red no, Tim Allen. Oh, Tim Allen, yeah. Um, Seinfeld has he did well post television show, and you know he still does well as his shows. But now he's doing more of the internet stuff, like his comedians and cars drinking coffee is a big thing. He's yeah, but I mean, book. by that that token, Tim Allen's had a network show for the last three or four years. Yeah, you know, and he was doing movies in the mean. I don't. I mean, whatever. If if I think at the point where you're somebody like Dave Chappelle or Tim Allen or Seinfeld or who have you, like you've got millions anyway. So if you're going up there to do stand up, it's because you love stand up. You yeah, know? and yeah, you know, it's. I mean, I know what you're saying, but it's kind of hard to feel bad for Chappelle. You know, like he he did something that almost no one gets to do, you know, in your profession. It's not, you know, like forget people like us, like like he he had a a chance at at the top. And to tell you the truth, part of it is that he kind of threw it away. Now, whether his reasoning was was sound or not, and it doesn't sound like any of his friends think it was, you know, he that like everything he's done has kind of been his choice. So. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, you yeah. make or break your own career at that point, I think. Man, did I bring down the room? What? You did, man. You did. You just, everybody's just like, sad. It's a harsh reality. It's a harsh reality. Everybody's crying. Yeah. I'm sure I'm, I'm sure the millions inside. and millions of dollars, like, like he wipes his tears with them every night. Yeah, I'm sure. And his ass when he's got yeah. mud butt. And, one, and whatever else he wants to wipe with those fucking money. Anyway, but, um... So we're probably at the yeah we're we're pretty way. much uh, gonna end this. Um, Jake, thank you for coming on the show, and we really thank appreciate you, it. Man. It was very nice to meet you. Thanks again for coming on the show, man, and uh, th- Unf- thanks for posing that picture for us. Right. Unfortunately, <laughs> our audience. <laughs> I'm sorry. Let me just hit me in the mouth with the microphone. I apologize. That's all right. 
Unfortunately, our audience won't make it to Bartoberfest because, well, I mean, this, well, no, because it's not going to come out till the end of the weekend. Right. But, you know, like Jake said, every Friday night at 11.55 p.m., that's, that's of course, central because you got to be in New Orleans. you got to go. Over at Boofus. Friday, Friday. Uh, Actually, if you can't be at the show, watch it live via playjones.com. There you go. Okay. There you go, Rum. Awesome. There you go. I'll watch it. Liar. I, well, I am. I'm going to watch it. <laughs> Anyway, I can watch it live. I'll sit here with my with my cocktail and and some chicken wings, mm-hmm. and we'll be good to go. Yeah, his cocktail. Uh huh. That's right. But hey, I can't get away. And, from it. and he's going to stare at Jake's picture. God, That's right. <laughs> and and on that note, where did we go wrong? Um, thanks, Jake, for coming on. Thank you, guys. No problem, man. I was your host, Wayne. Um, Cuddlebear. And I'm the rum guy. And remember to keep it metal! That's it.